Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, where each week Jonathan and his co-host interview the leading experts in WordPress, e-learning, and online marketing. Jonathan, take it away. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Show. This is episode 464. We've got a great guest, somebody that I've been looking forward to interview for the past couple of weeks. We've got Brian Gardner, the founder of Studio Press. Um, Brian, would you like to very quickly introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? Uh, absolutely. Um, everybody, I am Brian Gardner. I am the founder of Studio Press. Uh, I have been a WordPress designer and developer um, since 2007, uh, so I, I guess I consider myself very OG, uh, part of the the movement of premium themes way back in the day, uh, so I like to, to take a little bit of credit for the, the growth, the, the explosion of WordPress use sort of beyond the blogging platform. Uh, I live in Chicago with my wife, Shelly. I have a son, Zach, who's 15 and a sophomore in high school. Um, I love to ski. I love to run. I'm a coffee drinker. Uh, I enjoy uh, very much so uh, music by Sarah McLachlan. And uh, these are all of the things that you would read about on my Twitter bio. Uh, huge uh, into minimalism and design. Uh, and those are the things that excite me on a daily basis. So That's great. And I've got my great co-host who's, who's in witness protection this week. We, are, <laughs> we, we have no video of him, but I think Zoom is having some problems. Adrian, would you like to quickly introduce yourself to the new listeners and viewers? Hi, everybody. My name is Adrian. I'm the CEO and founder of Groundhog. We produce marketing automation and sales tools for businesses that primarily use WordPress. And Zoom, I don't know. It's just, it's just not like in my camera. I unplugged it. I plugged it back in. Usually turning it off and on in years, but I don't know what's going on this time. It's all good. Right. And before we go into the main part of the interview, I want to mention our major sponsor. That is Kinsta Hosting. And Kinsta has been sponsoring the show now for over two years. We host the WP Tonic website with them. But what do they provide? They provide some of the best hosting on the market, in my opinion. They use Google Cloud, but what you get is a fantastic interface with all the technical bells and whistles. If you're a power user or you're looking for a great platform for your clients, if you've got WooCommerce or membership or e-learning, you need something better than the average hosting. And that's what you get with Kinsta. Plus, you get some of the best support on the market. Big enough to have all the resources you're looking for, still small enough to care about their clients. So if that sounds interesting, go over to Kinsta, have a look at the packages and maybe buy one of them. And the key thing you need to do is tell them that you heard about them on the WP Tonic show. Um, I think so, Brian, you know, you know, you started Studio Press. I think you got... Um, just to, now, you said you don't want to cover too much of the history because it's been covered quite a bit. But um, Alan Clark, you know your your um, partnership with him um, or Brian Clark. Oh, my brain's going. <laughs> um, um, how crucial was that in getting Studio Press to the next level? Yeah. Uh... I think it was, I look back and I think of that sort of moment, the conversation, the period of, of my entrepreneurial journey often. Uh, in fact, I just tweeted a few days ago just how thankful I was uh, that Brian reached out to me back in the day. We were doing okay, uh, probably better than okay kind of in, in retrospect uh, at the time. Uh, just to give 
a perspective of, of where it was at. Studio Press sales numbers were kind of hovering between the eighty and one hundred thousand dollar a month um, mark while I was owning it and running it and so on. And then when Brian stepped in uh, at the tail end of his relationship with Chris Pearson at DIY Themes, uh, Brian reached out and said, "Hey, uh, you know, interested in partnering?" And on many levels, uh, I was. Um, and I told him this, and I I will forever go down saying this. One of the reasons I decided to do it was a defensive move. I think you need to sometimes in business do things that might feel uncomfortable um, because of a bigger picture. And I realized that if I said no to him, if I turned him down uh, for whatever reason, he may have picked somebody else. My my fear at the time is he would have gone after uh, Clay and Grant Griffiths at Headway because that was a thing back then. And I realized, okay, not only is this a great opportunity because I respected Brian and everything he had built and, and knew the audience was there, uh, it was also to make sure that uh, he didn't then go with a, a competitor of mine. And so um, at that point, Brian said that we were going to double studio press sales within the first 12 months. And I think like two or three months into it, we had already doubled it. And um, I think in its heyday, we were probably in the upper two to 300,000 per month. So so that shows you the impact of uh, the copy blogger audience, just the skills that Brian brought to the table, uh, as well as just our ability to grow and scale at that point because we had a bigger team. Oh, that's great. Over to you, Adrian. So I guess the, 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 the sort of big news at the moment is the WP engine acquisition. Uh, so what, what led up to the, the acquisition of WP engine? Is it because of, you know, our, our themes? Well, I'll, I'll, let's start. Let's, it's a kind of a three-part question, but why don't we start off with what led up, led up to the WP engine acquisition? Yeah. So we formed copy blogger media, like, 10 years ago, and it was copy blogger and themes. We kind of developed this sort of landing page software called Premise that didn't really go very far. Uh, we got into hosting, uh, regular WordPress hosting, formed a company called uh, Synthesis, and then ultimately sort of brought that back into Studio Press brand by doing a thing called Studio Press Sites. Uh, in the meantime, we also built uh, a software solution called Rainmaker. So it got very big, very fast. Over the course of a few years, we, our company went from like 10 or 12 to like 60. Uh, we had multiple lines of businesses and things like that. And quite frankly, the five partners were just getting uh, to a point where we were just burnt out. Like we had just so many things going on, so many responsibilities. And so we sort of intentionally started to dial things back, uh, which was why we sort of sunset synthesis and built that into studio press sites. We said, okay, let's start to position this. Because I don't know that we built the company with the hope and the intent down the road, we'd sell the company um, type of thing. Uh, and along the way, we had entertained uh, many conversations with you know investment bankers and things of that nature that just deals never worked out or, or made sense for us. Uh, but sort of towards the tail end of it, um, I think it was WordCamp US in 2017, the, the first year it was down in Nashville. Uh, Brian Clark went down there, which was sort of outside of his norm to go to a WordPress conference at that point. Because uh, we started to talk about, like, maybe let's try to position Studio Press to see if anybody would be interested in um, in buying it. So he went down there. We met up one night, um, had a steak dinner just outside the Hilton. And I remember very specifically looking across the table and saying, Brian, I don't think you think this about me, but I am ready to sell Studio Press. Uh, I was at a point where I was just, you know, 10 years through it, just kind of ready to do that. And so uh, Studio Press was sort of the first of the lines of business that we decided to t- to make a move on because it was the most profitable, had the highest revenue, and it was probably the easiest to just kind of start pucking around with some of our friends in the, you know, kind of higher ups in the space. And so we reached out to um, a handful of folks in the hosting 
space. Uh, WP Engine was obviously one of them. Uh, ironically, wasn't at the top of my list at the time. I was like, I didn't know a lot about them other than just a few things. Uh, but very quickly into those conversations, I realized uh, I was wrong. I had sort of misjudged their company and um, it was a fantastic fit and there's been zero regrets since then. So, Wow. So you mentioned that, you know, you've been, you've been in for, for 10 years and you never really got into it with the intention to sell. And but a little bit before the call, I was asking, well, how, how did you ensure that you were building your business in a way that that process was actually actionable? Uh, and I think, you know, what, when I alluded to sort of scaling back and like repositioning some things within the company, uh, one of the things three or four years ago, we were trying to sell the whole lot, right? Copy blogger as a whole. And the company that we were talking to is like, you know, there's so many pieces here. We just don't want all of it, right? We just want this one piece. And so uh, that deal didn't necessarily work out, but it kind of taught us, okay, hey, maybe you should sort of start to silo the lines of business and make them uh, more appealing to like a one-off purchase where we could then compartmentalize parts of our business and sell like we did with Studio Press. And so that's when we took uh, Synthesis, brought it into Studio Press sites and said, okay, here's now a line of business that would be very easy to sort of package, bundle, and sell off. Uh, and so, um, you know, maybe halfway through the whole tenure of the, the copy blogger uh, media existence was when we started to like really think about, okay, let's start to talk about the exit thing. We wanted to just build great software and have a really nice lifestyle business. Um, and maybe there were conversations early on about selling and stuff like that, but they were more seen as like pipe dreams than anything. Uh, but you know, the last couple of years we were like, okay, as we were starting to burn out a little bit, we were like, okay, like how do we package these things up so that we can start to kind of silo and sell them? Right. And, um, so how, how many lines of business are there now? So now that studio press has obviously been offloaded, where, where are you now? So we, we sold studio press to WP engine, uh, and we have had also negotiated a deal to offload Rainmaker, um, to a company down in Texas, uh, just recently, not many folks know this, uh, but just recently, this this past December, uh, I then ultimately sold off my portion, my ownership of Copyblogger as a whole. So I am no longer even an owner in Copyblogger at all. Uh, and so uh, right now, what's left of that, which is Brian Clark, uh, Daryl Vesterfeld, and a fellow uh, by the name of Tim, who, who kind of took over my shares, uh, it's really just Copyblogger at this point. Uh, copyblogger.com that is, which is sort of, you know, education and marketing um, type stuff. Right. Uh, what happens to, I'm just curious, and I'm going to pass it, I promise I'll pass it back to Jonathan <laughs> at some point. Um, but I'm curious, what happened, so what happened to Studio Press Sites? Did that get rolled into the WP Engine hosting service? Uh, Studio Press Sites was part of the acquisition uh, and that was then phased out. Uh, it made no sense for them to sort of maintain a, like a separate hosting component uh, of Studio Press, and so the folks who were on Studio Press sites uh, were offered a very good deal to then just basically either find someone else or migrate over to WP Engine, which of course was the plan all along. Uh, and and they were not um, they were very upfront about that. We we want Studio Press, we want the community, we want Genesis, uh, all of that, and of course we're going to roll sites into the hosting component of WP Engine just so they didn't have to sort of maintain a bunch of different stacks. And so I suppose that uh, would make much sense from a business standpoint, would it? <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure, and especially with then the pending, uh, which I was unaware of until it happened, the the flywheel acquisition. So, right. Um, 
I was going to ask you something about Rainmaker. Now, when Brian announced it, and I think on on the Copy Blogger podcast, he publicly stated that his ambitions for that platform were very large. Um, do you think it was a little bit, you know, other people have tried to turn WordPress or part of WordPress into a SaaS model, and it hasn't totally worked out that well. Do you think, would you say that Rainmaker was a brave attempt, but there were some flaws in the business model? Do you think it was just a little bit before it, before its time? Or would you not agree with any of that? <laughs> we learned a lot with Rainmaker. Uh, I think what we did with Rainmaker, um, reskinning the back end of WordPress and all of that stuff, I think we did a phenomenal job with that. I think the um, the the expenses in that sort of environment, um, trying to pull in lots of sort of functionality by way of plugins and other things and try to like put it under the Rainmaker brand was a very ambitious project. Uh, I think the margins were low, but the, the manpower to, to pull it all off from a support perspective, a development perspective was really high. And it just got to a point where it just... I think we bit off more than we could chew maybe to some degree. Um, I think the, the idea was there, I think, you know, with maybe some funding like that could have really helped sort of solidify Mm -hmm. us, but we were completely bootstrapped. And so, uh, you know, with that comes pains and the ability to not like tap into like lots of money to help kickstart things. And so we sort of faced the struggle and the limitations of being bootstrapped. Um, And then again, like it just, it was part of a bigger picture with just so many things happening at the same time. Uh, it was it was difficult to manage. So, with reflection, would you think it would have been better to have um, got outside money investors into Rainmaker at a much earlier stage, or do you think there were some other basic problems? Uh, I no, I don't know that we would have wanted to. Uh, we the five of us partners at Copyblogger were kind of a crunchy five, and we none of us were really interested. And Brian is very vocal about his thoughts on outside funding and VC type thing. Uh, none of us wanted to be owned by anybody else for that matter. So, you know, I think we did the best that we could. We did it fairly well. Uh, it, it's continuing to be developed by the company who took it over. So, you know, it was just it was a good, a good run, uh, you know, and we're all sort of doing our own thing now. So uh, in the end, everything worked out. So what do you think Rainmaker is now? Uh, it's still, uh, they have um, come up with sort of a follow-up version of Rainmaker called and Rainmaker Andromeda, which is basically fixing a lot of the things that we just never got up to a point uh, in fixing and, and making some things easier and better user experience. And, you know, again, I only use it on one of my sites right now that has a lot of members. I'm in the, the process of sort of moving that over uh, to just regular WordPress again. So um, I, that's as far as I know kind of where it's at. Right. So, go on, Adrian. Uh, just for those who don't know, what, what is it? <laughs> yeah. I, I actually had to do a little bit of Googling and while, while that yeah. conversation was going on. The gist of it is myself. <laughs> it was sort of like a managed WordPress um, experience where we've reskinned the dashboard to where it didn't feel like Rainmaker. Uh, it was supposed to be like an all-in-one kind of marketing solution where you could, you know, um, have a podcast, you could do member stuff, LMS type stuff. So we took a lot of like the major components of what people were doing in the marketing space and rolled it into like one piece of software. So, you know, you could do your blog content, your 
your podcast, a lot of these things um, kind of wrapped up in one solution. It was, uh, like, so, it was like, would you agree with this, Brian? It was like a, a kind of Kajabi, but done with Exactly. Wordplay. Kajabi, Marketo, kind of all of those sort of all-in-one solutions. Of course, the difference was we were bootstrapped in their, their bigger fish, so it started to compete. Right. I think it's time for us to go for a break. We'll be discussing what Brian thinks of all these changes, Gutenberg and what happened last year, blah, blah, blah. We'll be asking a few questions about that. We'll be back in a few moments. Are you a WordPress consultant, designer, or small digital agency owner? Then you need WP Tonic as your trusted white-label developer partner for your next big e-learning or WooCommerce project. WP Tonic has the knowledge to help you build out custom functionality that your clients need in LearnDash, Lifter LMS, and WooCommerce. WP Tonic is well-known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with a full, no-question-asked, 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Find out how WP Tonic's white-label services can help your agency today. Go to wp-tonic.com's homepage and book a free consultation with Jonathan. That's wp-tonic, just like the podcast. We're coming back. I've really enjoyed the discussion with Brian. Brian, it's been great to talk about one of the biggest people that had some real insight and really went for it. And um, you deserve all the success. You deserve all the success you got, Brian, and all the coffee that you consumed in Starbucks. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, um, so, <clears throat> Gutenberg, you know, um, how, how do you think it's going? And, um, you know, you know, you got some people say it's it's a bit of a conspiracy on automatics front, you know, that they... Um, what do you think is the plan for WordPress, or do you think there is a plan? Uh, I think WordPress is is very, they have been, as far as I'm concerned, very um, transparent about what the plan is. Uh, I think now it's full site editing uh, to compete with, you know, Wix and Squarespace and all of that. I don't think that's ever been a, a secret. Uh, I think the path in which it had to take to get there was a long path and I think it needed to be. WordPress has kind of traditionally always been sort of backward compatible minded and you know, it was a lot of things to a lot of people. And so to try to take that, especially with the editor experience, you know, when, when it powers 30, 40% of the internet, you're going to have a lot of people with a lot of opinions about it. Uh, I've always been a fan and advocate of where it was going. I thought the, um, the ability to, to do what it's doing now and where it will continue to go uh, is, is, is finally sort of a forward thinking move by them, even though it's sort of should have been done probably years ago, but uh, I, I like it. I've always been a fan. I, I do know that I was unsure of what that would ultimately mean for themes. It was one of the reasons why we decided to go ahead and, and try to offload StudioPress because at the time we were trying to scale back our team and I didn't know ultimately like what themes and what how that would affect StudioPress. And, and so I figured, hey, let's not necessarily drop the hot potato because I think there's a, you know, we had a huge audience and uh, a great community of developers and designers. And so we just thought it was time to help propel that into the future. And we would need the help of somebody else, which is why we reached out to, you know, some, some hosting companies and people who like WP engine uh, promised to invest in at, embrace Gutenberg and do whatever it took to sort of continue sort of the legacy that studio press has. Well, it was always, so Studio Press, it was always part, you know, part of WordPress, you know, um, with 
the other Brian. Um, but also the code wasn't vanilla WordPress. So it was WordPress and in a way it wasn't kind of WordPress really. Would you agree with that statement? And that must have been um, an interesting road to navigate in a way. Uh, I would and wouldn't agree with that statement. Uh, we have Genesis and, and the whole idea of like a framework and parent and child theme thing was a little bit outside of like the traditional WordPress use, right? Everyone's just used to just having a theme. And so from that perspective, having sort of the underlying code in a framework of sorts and having the parent child theme, even though that wasn't new at the time, it was a, a sort of a different way of doing things. Uh, we, Nathan Rice and I, always made a commitment to following WordPress best coding standard practices and things like that, uh, even as it pertained to you know, elements within the dashboard. We never wanted to sort of create our own look inside of WordPress. And so we always defaulted uh, to WordPress core functionality. Uh, in fact, I remember to this day where I was when we finally decided after sort of building our own featured image resizer for the OGs who remember the whole Tim Thumb fiasco. Um, I remember very specifically, I said, you know what? I know we just built this, but I think, and at that time was when WordPress was kind of doing their like featured image thing. Uh, I said, let's just tear out the code we just built and really just embrace the way WordPress wants to do it. So, um, you know, from that perspective, we've always really just kind of piggybacked along the back of WordPress and how they've done things. And, you know, it's made it easier for us to iterate and do updates because we, you know, a lot of times people want to lock you into their special features and functions. We've never been that way. No, that's great. Over to you, Adrian. So I'm trying to, uh, I'm just looking through it and I'm I'm curious about what, because with like page builders and Gutenberg and all the stuff, the, the, the value proposition of themes are, are changing drastically. And I'm wondering what the value proposition at this point comes between getting a studio press theme or versus Astra or ocean WP, which kind of really provides the blank slate to install X page builder to create X landing page with templates and all that stuff. So what becomes the defining value proposition in between these options? Yeah, I think at this point, um, I think the the, the, the the relatively universal feeling is that themes in general for WordPress will become more of like style sheets and designs and sort of accommodate all of the blocks and the functionality that will come out by way of frameworks or page builders or plugins or whatever. Uh, and so I think that the value proposition is just sort of the ongoing uh, dedication to embracing core functionality within WordPress, but also offering um, designs that are flexible and easy to use. Uh, and, and that's always been, um, from, from my perspective, I'm a, as, a, as a designer, Studio Press, the idea was always to like appeal to folks from the design perspective. Um, and so I, I think that's going to continue to be the legacy. I, I know that there's talk of, you know, just adjusting as Gutenberg continues to develop and what that means. And at some point, it will sort of cannibalize some of the features within Genesis. And, uh, and that's not conversations that I'm privy to anymore, right? Because I'm not on the studio press team anymore. I am not employed by WP engine. And so those folks, uh, the development team there, they've done a great job in investing in uh, product managers and more developers and, you know, the acquisition of uh, array themes and the atomic box plugin sort of shows the dedication to continue to embrace uh, where WordPress is going. Thank you, Jonathan. Now you're saying, you know, that, you know, um, Matt Matthias, he comes on 
periodically on my Friday round panel show, and he's been quite outspoken that he sees Jetpack as a kind of Trojan horse, and um, I don't quite agree with him there. I see where he's coming from. And you're saying, and I agree with you, it's quite clear that um, that Matt and Automatic have made it clear that they want a much better hosted solution that can compete with Squarespace and Wix. But, you know, it's been over a couple of years since they bought WooCommerce, and I've been a bit disappointed in what they've done with WooCommerce because I think a lot more resources and money could be spent on that and that could have been a real head-to-head challenge to Shopify much quicker. Do you think they dropped the ball there with the with the purchase of WooCommerce and could have, could have they had accelerated um, the positioning and the, and the actual f- product itself much more quickly? I don't know if they dropped the ball per se. I think they acquired it at the same time that they forward-thinkingly knew that they wanted to compete against Squarespace and Wix and sort of the Gutenberg thing. So there's there's probably some element of competition between WooCommerce and Gutenberg, that whole thing. Two huge projects that mm-hmm. um, hard to sort of maintain at the same time and integrate. Uh, do I... Uh, well, you've been there yourself, haven't you? That's yeah. why I thought I would ask you because in some ways with your other, with your internal products, you've been there in a way, haven't you? Yeah, and so I'm of the mindset and have been over the last few years of, um, of simplicity. Like it, I've gotten to a point where uh, the, the whole jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none thing is no truer than it is. You know, like I, we, we did that with Copyblogger. I have personally sort of been withdrawing myself from certain projects and, and things like that so that I can sort of dial back and really hone in on what I want to do and what I'm really good at. Um, and so like, Which you'll have to tell us about after. Yes, yes, for sure. I'm more than happy to. There's no secrets there of what I'm working on and, and why I'm doing stuff. So uh, I think to some degree, to answer your question, Jonathan, I think, uh, I think both could have been done and treated differently and better. I don't know what their plan was with WooCommerce when they bought it other than just... So I, think, I think now, I might be wrong, is it Automatic now is a thousand-person company, isn't it? They're huge. Yeah, they. I think they just... Uh, I thought I saw it on social media, something around that. So there's a lot of people doing a lot. I mean, they have WordPress.com. They've got the WordPress.org project. However, that's all sort of <laughs> defined. There's Gutenberg. There's, you know, there's so many things going on. I think on some level, it's hard to manage all of that. So um, really, they should hire you as a consultant so you can lead the fight for purity and simplicity. I would be more than happy to entertain that plan. <laughs> <laughs> Over to you, Adrian. So uh, uh, what are you up to? What are you doing? So what's the, what's the next step for Brian Gardner? You, so after Studio Press and after Copy Blogger, and, you know, you're really like the OG of, you know, one of the original like big theme developers. Let's go, so what's, what's next? So I want to transition myself from being a WordPress guy to a creator who uses WordPress. Not that I have any intentions on going outside of it right now, but I think, you know, on some level, certain people sort of pigeonhole themselves as I'm a WordPress consultant, I'm a WordPress, whatever. I'm like, well, not really. That's just the software of choice that you use, right? Because at some point, WordPress may not be a thing. Uh, Maybe somebody wants Shopify. So like, and so I'm kind of trying to establish the fact that um, 
I'm a designer. I'm a brand evangelist. I'm a strategy guy, like all of these things. And I just happen to use WordPress now. Uh, and so I am uh, working on a, a new project called Minimology, uh, which is exploring the simplicity of um, exploring true simplicity, real simplicity, right? What does it mean to embrace that in our, our home life, our work life, uh, any kind of element of, of what we do? Because um, as an OG and someone who's now, I'm 45. And so I'm like, I'm kind of kind of going through like a season of life. Where I'm like, I just, I, I'm not in startup mode. I don't want to be working 90 hours a week. So I'm trying to sort of find my fulfillment. Uh, and I, over the last few years, I've been able to sort of manage. Uh, it's taken some time to get there, but just uh, understand that even from a business perspective, that there's um, a lot of um, wisdom in sort of staying lean and scaling back. And more is not always the answer. Uh, I've shared a number of articles recently, uh, and I think of like Paul Jarvis's book, Company of One. And sort of how the mindset right now is to like just overindulge and fill and grow and numbers are everything. Uh, and I don't know that I necessarily believe that. And so uh, my plan is to really sort of double down on the design aesthetic that I have sort of identified that I really love to do. Um, and I saw a, a talk just recently uh, by a fellow who, who says, you know, what, are, what is the one thing that you are uniquely qualified to deliver? Uh, and so being able to sort of identify with that uh, is is kind of where I'm at. So, uh, so minimology is the project that I'm really focused on. Uh, it will include some WordPress themes. It will also include probably some some physical products, uh, sort of in the same vein as Ugmunk and, and my friend Jeff Sheldon. Uh, it'll also sort of include some uh, some business coaching and strategy stuff, like how do you keep your business lean or your your product sweetly. I mean, I've got 12 years of experience now selling companies, making mistakes, doing all the things. Uh, and so now it's kind of time to kind of go back to my own, uh, as Paul says, company of one, right? Sort of a freelancer, consultant, independent, uh, what have you. That's great. That's great. I think we're going to um, wrap up the podcast part of the show, folks. I've got a, I've got an interesting question for Brian <laughs> in our bonus content. And also I'm going to be asking him, um, does he see any trends in the next 18 months in the world of WordPress as well? Get his views, but I've got a special question for him as well. Uh, um, so you, you have to go to our bonus content, folks, which you'll be able to see on the WP Tonic website. So we're wrapping up the podcast part of the show. So Brian, what's the best way for people to learn more, for people to learn more about what you're up to and your views in general? Uh, my personal website, BrianGardner.com, uh, anywhere on the socials, I'm at B Gardner, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Those are the ones I sort of use, uh, just to sort of, um, to share what I'm up to, what I'm doing, things I find relevant in the space, things that might help other people run their businesses. So. And I just want to say, Brian, I've always been impressed with the way you've done business and the way you've done you. things in general. You've always done it with your own style. Uh, um, Adrian, how can people find out more about uh, you and your product? So you can go to groundhogwith2gs.io to uh, see how we can help you with your email marketing and list management directly from WordPress. Oh, that's great. And we'll be back next week with another fantastic guest like Brian, hopefully giving you insight about WordPress, learning management systems, and online marketing. We'll be back next week, folks. Bye. Thanks for listening to the WP Tonic Podcast, the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week. 